I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You know what it is, it's your guy Red Butler and this is that pretty left hook Hitting you in your goddamn liver, baby We back And let me tell you something Boxing? Oh god, it's been on fuego, baby Listen, my man Shakur Stevenson, straight out of Newark Defeated Oscar Valdez Now, if you've been living under a rock and don't understand boxing, I'm gonna school you today both of these guys are top-ranked fighters. Therefore, in boxing, it's an easier fight to make. They're under the house that Bob Aaron built. They are in the same goddamn house. So they fought. But here's the beautiful part. Both of these guys, super featherweight royalty. I got a little tongue-tied, but you forgive me. Super featherweight royalty. All right? Both Olympians, okay? Um, both of these guys want a collision course. To make this thing happen. And it did. And I'm going to tell you something. Shakur Stevenson left no doubt. That he is one of the best fighters. Not only in the world. But probably the best featherweight. Super featherweight. Excuse me. In the world. He has two more guys to go through. If he wants to become an undisputed champion. But knocking off Oscar Valdez. Was the biggest part. Of being undisputed. He is the juggernaut. The boogeyman so to speak. In the division. That has now been accomplished. And not only did he do it, but if you know Shakur Stevenson, he did it with a smile. Yo, the kid is crazy with it. He had Andre Ward, who was doing commentary, but supporting him in spirit. He did jump in the ring after when Shakur won. You have Jay Prince, who's another co-manager along with Andre Ward. And then you had the entire city of Newark behind this kid. His family was in the audience. Shit, he proposed to his girl right after he won. And what did he win? He gave his girl a ring, but he got a belt. What did he win? He retained the WBO Super Featherweight title. And he won the WBC and the vacant The Ring Super Featherweight title. And he did it convincingly, might I add. Um, Shakur went in, B. I mean, he, he went 100%. And Shakur had a unanimous decision victory. Judges scored 118 to 109. Woof, major. 117 to 110 
and then another 118 and 109. That, my friends, is a pitching a shutout in boxing. So what that means is that Shakur Stevenson now can fight two other guys who have the other two belts, and then if so, he can become undisputed. And he said he might do that. I'm going to read you exactly what he said. Well, first, he started talking his shit. You know what I'm saying? I'm a superstar in this sport. This is what he said during a post-fight interview. You line them up, I'm ready for whoever. I like that shit, man. That's what I'm talking about. I told y'all what I was going to do. This is Shakur still talking. I said I'm going to beat Valdez, Canelo, and A.D. Reynoso. That's the trainer for Valdez and Canelo Alvarez. That was my game plan. Beat the whole team, and I feel good about it. Much respect to them. No disrespect to them, but that was my game plan. Well, God damn it, you executed that shit masterfully, my brother. Respect to you. And talk your shit. We like this. Yo, let me tell you something. Fighters that are under top rank, normally they have very low profiles unless they're marketed as the good guy. Now, Shakur hasn't necessarily been marketed as the bad guy or doesn't act like the bad guy on his appearances or social media or anything of that nature. However, his profile has been a bit lower because top rank doesn't really know how to speak to his audience. So what happens is we don't know these guys, right? Like you look at Terrence Crawford. The only reason they said in the past that the Errol Spence fight didn't happen is because Terrence wasn't going to sell a lot of tickets. So they were going to have to give him a shitty payday, which they didn't want to disrespect him because he's a top tier talent, right? And you don't want to give top tier talents shitty paydays. That's not good for anybody. So always people have been talking about when it comes to especially black fighters under top rank that the marketing isn't there for them. Bob Arum doesn't understand how to promote black guys, edginess, urban culture. If you're from the city and we're going to keep defining that that way, because not every black man's from the city. God damn it. Um, but at the same time, there is a certain tone, tenor and tonality to marketing black uh, fighters. And Bob Arum has not mastered that. It's the reason why Floyd Mayweather left famously um, paid seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars and got out of his contract and became money Mayweather when he was formerly pretty boy Floyd. You know what he did with that. He became the richest boxer in history, right? The most successful boxer businessman in history. And he's still doing that. So anybody who doesn't understand the top rank system and can't flow with it correctly or the way that they seem to do things normally leaves and then becomes a bigger star on occasion like Floyd, right? Um, Manny Pacquiao left Bob Arum as well and went over to where Floyd plays at Al Heyman land. PBC, but that was after already having a legendary career. Floyd was becoming a legend, but after he left Bob Arum, he truly became a legend. So again, Shakur Stevenson is now at that precipice. He has two belts, including the ring. Um, and now he can either become undisputed or he can step up a bit, go lightweight and oh, we fight the winner possibly of George Cambosos versus Devin Haney. Which the winner of that fight is what? Undisputed. Yo, I'm going to tell you what's so dope about boxing right now. More and more people are becoming undisputed. It's like the first time in history where all the time we're reading about undisputed bouts being made. Devin Haney is going to Melbourne, Australia to fight to be undisputed. He lives in Las Vegas and he's from Oakland. He's going to enemy territory to grab that belt. Think he's crazy, right? He's not. Historically, this has happened a few times and people come away righteously. 
Errol Spence went over to England, fought Kell Brook, became a champion, and did his goddamn thing. Still doing his goddamn thing. A lot of people have gone across the pond, made things happen. So I say that to say the following. Devin Haney is going to chase Undisputed. He's trying to chase a legacy play. Shakur Stevenson now has the opportunity to move up in weight or solidify his legacy in the super featherweight division. Either way, it's an impressive win to defeat Oscar Valdez. Oscar Valdez is no slouch, my man. Like Oscar Valdez, before the taco meat situation, we're going to get into that. Before the taco meat situation, um, he was the boogeyman in the super featherweight division, straight up. I remember me and my man Yusef Khan, shout out to Yusef from the um, old Shadow League days. We used to talk about how Oscar Valdez was the future, straight up. We were like, yo, this kid, he's the one to watch. You know what I'm saying? Because what he can do right now is phenomenal. Shakur started coming up the ranks, right? His Olympic situation. We all know he was a dope-ass amateur boxer. And then he started knocking fools off as a pro. But people wanted to see him fight somebody with that namesake. It was a pro Oscar Valdez crowd, by the way, in their fight, which was in Las Vegas. Even Canelo Alvarez showed up for the fight. And you know that means the whole crowd's going to go nuts for Valdez. Because Canelo's is Alvarez's man's. You know what I'm saying? Check this out. Stevenson showed up, showed out, talked his shit. Walked away with another belt, another two belts if you count the ring. And um, now the world is his oyster, man. I'm really happy for this kid. You know, he's already um, taking names. He's ready to go. And he actually gave Valdez some props. He said, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. Actually, Valdez gave Stevens his props. He was just a better fighter this night, Valdez said in the post-fight interview. He did what he had to do to win the fight. He's a great fighter. His speed is there. His power is there. And a lot of people started sleeping on his power. You know what I mean? Y'all be sleeping on these young guys' power, but the kid is nice. He was so nice, in fact, and so on point. Many started comparing him to Floyd Mayweather. Now, people have done that in the past to Stevenson, but it was against talent that many would consider not top tier. Now, <laughs> beating Oscar Valdez? All questions have been answered. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market 
as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Juan Gabriel. Juan Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Carol G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Extina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph! Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Shakur Stevenson is the real deal. There are two more belts in the super featherweight division. If he decides to go get those and become an undisputed super featherweight champion, he's going to make history. On top of that, there's nothing but upside for him. He can go up in weight, and that division above him, the lightweights, is stacked. Ryan Garcia, Devin Haney, George Camboso, shit, even Tiafimi Lopez, shit. We could even talk about my man Vasily Lomachenko. I mean, he's fighting a bigger battle in the Ukraine right now, as you know. But nothing but upside for Shakur. Nothing but um, good opportunities coming down the pipe. And, oh, we got to be proud of that man. So shout out to Shakur Stevenson and that whole team straight up. Moving across um, the country, actually, because on the same night, there was the most historic women's boxing match in history katie taylor versus amanda serrano it was for katie taylor's undisputed status as a boxer yet again undisputed we we're constantly talking about people getting all the belts now we're in that point now i'm tired of y'all talking about boxing ain't shit mma's this MMA's that i love mma first and foremost don't get it twisted but let's not compare the two let's just remember boxing is still cracking it's still popping it's still what's good whatever colloquialism you need me to say to let you know that boxing is good money own it baby because boxing is here and it's great mma we still love you we're gonna talk about you as well later but boxing is popping undisputed katie taylor amanda serrano did the goddamn thing and it became an instant classic they had the first two women to headline madison square garden that's major that's major they're the first two women to get seven figure paydays they got they got at least a mill. They got some paper. It was so real that Katie Taylor's promoter, which is Eddie Hearn from Matchroom Sport Boxing over in the UK, because Katie Taylor is Irish from Ireland, and Amanda Serrano, whose promoter is Jake the Problem Child Paul, who you all know from social media fame and now boxing fame, they bet a million dollars on who was going to win. Jake Paul later said that Eddie Hearn backed out of that bet. But just the fact that they were willing to engage in that kind of banter and betting says a lot about women's boxing. You know, women's MMA has been running shit, right? Facts. 
right now the ultimate fighter is Amanda Nunez versus um Shorty the the Venezuela's Venezuelan vixen, you know what I'm saying? So, you already know what's going down. You know what I mean? Women just needed to step their situation up in boxing, but boxing was holding women back. Now the game has changed. And part of it is because of Katie Taylor's undisputed status and Amanda Serrano's status as one of the quotes, one of the greatest women of all time. That's per Clarissa Shields. Check out my past interviews with Clarissa. She says Amanda Serrano to her is just like herself and a quote. So that's what made this fight happen. When you put two women that have stellar careers, even though they might be a little, you know, they might be veterans and things such as that. The fight itself drew the money. Sold out Madison Square Garden. Did they thing on the zone? So that's a streaming situation. Got a million, at least a million a piece. Your promoters are making million dollar bets. I mean, the house was full. Everybody's saying this is a classic. Yo, you should have been there. They did their goddamn thing. So I'm, I'm really proud of Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano um, for doing what they do. It could have, you know, Katie Taylor won, obviously, but that takes nothing away from Amanda Serrano. She came in like she always comes in like a dog doing her damn thing. She gave Shorty the business. Um, but it was overall a good look. Um, Amanda Serrano immediately took to the Internet and gave props to Katie Taylor. Hey, my people, this is Amanda Serrano. I didn't get the decision, but I think I fought a great fight. You damn sure did, Shorty. Congratulations to at Katie Taylor, who promised me we would rock the house. I'm happy we made women's boxing look great tonight. Now I go and start spending some of this money. LOL. Yo, get that shmoney, man. Get that shmoney, Shorty. She deserves it, man. Amanda Serrano's Puerto Rican. She's from Brooklyn. She's tough as shit. Her sister and her was like two dynamos in boxing for a long time. Amanda's kind of um, kept rising up the ranks or whatever. And she's kind of stood out now as, as the main Serrano sister, so to speak, especially with the cosign of Jake Paul. But this chick deserves the bread. She deserves all the notoriety. She's been here for a minute and she boxes for the right reasons. So I'm happy as shit for her. Katie Taylor got, you know, what I'm saying her star is now born in America. They were showing Irish pubs in New York. Saying, yo, go Katie, fuck that other bitch and all. It was crazy. It was talking hella trash, but that's New York City. It was a polarizing fight, right? So at the end of the day, Katie Taylor goes home with all the belts that she came with. Amanda Serrano goes home, more bread, minus the belts. But immediately, Eddie Hearn, Katie Taylor's promoter said, run it back. Now, if you know boxing, you know most of the time, after a fight like that, when the person that had the belts keeps the belts, they don't want to run it back. They like, we don't want to do that, especially a barn burner fight like this. But what that says is it's good business in women's boxing. On top of that, it was just a flat out barn burner of a show. The, the ladies went heavy. So Eddie Hearn wants to recreate that. Amanda Serrano, I believe, is with it. I know Jake Paul said he's with it, so. It looks like we're going to have round two. They want to do it in Ireland where Katie's from. So it's going to be another across the pond situation where a man is going to have to go into enemy territory. But the respect is there because she's a true fucking warrior. And the fact that they run it, run it back says a lot about the investment in this women's side of the sport that's being made and the trust and confidence they have. So salute to Eddie Hearns. Salute to Jake Paul. And absolutely bless you. To Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano for delivering for women's boxing, for all of women's boxing, by the way. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Now, 
this weekend, my man, yo man, the man running the game, Canelo Alvarez, Saul Canelo Alvarez. He will be facing Dimitri Bivol this Saturday, T-Mobile Arena for Dimitri's WBA super lightweight, I mean super lightweight title. Um, the super just means uh, Bivol's a super champion under the lightweight division. I mean, under the light, I mean, the WBA or whatever, but in the, in the light heavyweight division, excuse me, not lightweight. He ain't that damn small. Light heavyweight division. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Juan Gabriel. Juan Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Carol G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Ex-Tina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph! Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So this is a good fight, man. Um, you know, obviously Canelo Alvarez is the face of boxing right now. This man, ever since he fought Floyd Mayweather, he's gotten way better. He's gotten really slick. He knows how to do this. So the one good thing is that, you know what Canelo Alvarez, he's showing up to fight. He's showing up to really own this. And can, for Canelo right now, he's been fighting in so many weight classes 
because he's really trying to solidify his legacy as the best boxer of all time. That's what he's trying to do. I mean, it's very clear. He's clearly been winning Boxing Writer of the Year awards every year as Fighter of the Year. Um, I can, I think he's trying to become Fighter of the Decade. He, you can tell he's trying. He's going heavy. And, you know, winning multiple world championships in four weight classes, light middleweight, light heavyweight. United the titles in three of the weight classes. Lineal titles in two weight classes. First boxer in history to become undisputed champion at super middleweight when he fought Caleb Plant. I mean, the, the Canelo's crazy with it. You know what I'm saying? You know what? You know his body. You know his body of work. He's a he's a monster. So to that end, they work in heavy. Um, but this guy, he's fighting Dimitri Bivol. You don't know this guy, but he's official. You you might if you know boxing, you know the guy. The guy's a problem. If you don't know boxing, you're like, ah, oh, who's this? He's a problem. Dimitri Bivol has not fought a lot of big names except for Joe Smith, Jean Pascal. You know Jean Pascal. Sullivan Barrera, who he knocked out, by the way. Um, yeah, Joe Smith, Jean Pascal, Sullivan Barrera. You know, a lot of these other guys you're not going to know. But those are real guys. Now, over the last year, in 2021, he fought Craig Richards. He fought Umar Salamov. But he's gotten unanimous decisions in like the last one, two, three, four, five, six fights. Before that, he was knocking fools out um, from 2017 to 2018. So like for like a year, he was knocking fools out. He's been getting his decisions, been, been finessing, getting his shit off. Now he's going to fight Canelo. So here's the thing. Canelo's a whole beast. Canelo's a whole beast. So Dimitri got to come with his A game. Now, he's also a very slick fighter. If you, if you understand the European boxing style, these guys are slick, these guys are quick, and they have great fundamentals. However, like I said, after his war with, his wars with Gennady Golovkin, but mainly his fight against um, Floyd Mayweather, Canelo's a different fighter. He's a better fighter. He understands timing, distance. He's patient. But the power has never lacked. So Dimitri Bivol is going to be taken to the deep end of the pool pretty early. If he can't withstand those power shots, those good angles, because, you know, Canelo is really good with messing up these ribs and these the, hitting you in your goddamn livers. He's going to have a problem in a long goddamn night. Dimitri Bivol is undefeated. You know, Canelo took one L, but that was to Mayweather. So, you know, everybody's going to take an L to Mayweather. But Dimitri has no losses. So, as I always say, man, sometimes when you've never lost, it's hard for you to conceive losing. And that might be the problem. I think the loss Canelo took to Mayweather not only enhanced his skill set, but it made him understand that it comes with the game. Not everybody's going to be Floyd. Not everybody's going to be Andre Ward. So, not everybody's going to be Joe Calzaghe. So, all these undefeated guys that did the impossible, these guys are special creatures. Look at Tyson Fury. This is a special creature. Undefeated, he claims to be retiring. I'm saying all that to say the following. Canelo Alvarez, it's his time. I'm not saying he runs through Dimitri Bivol, but what I am saying is, God damn. Man, your chin better be like granite. Because if not, oh, wait. It might be another Triple G situation. You know what I'm saying? Like, if he gives him a really, a hell of a good fight and makes his name for himself, he might give him a rematch, whatever, whatever. You never know. You never know, man. If the fight is like that, like that, or if it goes to a draw, Canelo might be interested because there's not a lot of names left, man. Canelo's cleaning out divisions. Canelo's going straight to the top of other divisions, just taking out champs because he can do that right now. Like, this guy's a whole monster. So, appreciate what you're seeing right now, my friends boxing is popping it's popping 
you know we got a couple other fights coming down the pipe that feel gimmicky but not bad like roly and tank but canelo bivol that's a real ass fight and what we just got from katie taylor to amanda serrano and from shakur stevens and oscar valdez this is classic boxing this is where we are. It's 2022. It's and it's and and my name is Pretty R, and this is that Pretty Left Hook, and we hit you in your goddamn liver. Rate, like, subscribe, please, to the Up On Game Presents Network. Shout out to the big homie LeVar Arrington, everybody on the Up On Game Show, TJ Plax, my man Vito was goody, and man, stay tuned, because I ain't going nowhere, and the fights is rocking. Ah! Got him! Peace. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts i'm saleha mosin and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.